Hello, readers. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this is a bookend brought to you by Quail Ridge Books, Raleigh, North Carolina's trusted community bookstore. My guest today is David Sanchez. He is the recipient of the James A. Michener Creative Writing Fellowship at the University of Miami, a Penn America Writing for Justice Fellowship, and a Ten House Scholarship. His new novel, his first novel, is All Day is a Long Time. David, welcome to the program. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing well, thanks. It's an honor to have you here. And so, David, my first question for you is, how have these past couple of years been going for you under the cloud of COVID-19? And specifically, how have things been in Florida? Um, for me, particularly, um, I guess it's tangentially related to COVID, but I work in construction and the market has just been going nuts and I've just been working like a madman. And uh, yeah, a lot of people in the industry are working a lot and Florida, you know, notoriously didn't really shut down or anything. Things have been going pretty much as normal and I'm in Home Depot every day, standing in lines with people and wearing a mask and trying not to get it. I got COVID uh, last year and then since then gotten vaccinated and everything. But um, luckily, I, I don't know, mo mostly I've been I'm worried about my dad, who's older. He's almost 80 years old. And so I'm just babysitting him, trying to make sure he doesn't do uh, all the stuff. He still kind of thinks he's. Uh, invincible i think but uh, yeah i mean other than that it's just been it's been weird to adjust when i sold my book it was in the middle of covid and it was actually it was like what was it the end of 2020 and i like they said okay january 2022 and i thought oh covid will be over by the time the book comes out i'll be going around and talking to people meeting people but um yeah, it's not over. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely not over. I have COVID right now, um, which is why I'm in my home instead of our store. My son, um, you know, we've been doing everything we're supposed to do for the last couple of years, but my five-year-old son got it at elementary school. And yeah, what do you do? It is what it is. Well, um, thank you. I think you're the first author I've uh, interviewed for this program that works in construction. Um, that is very interesting. But let's now dive into this excellent novel, All Day is a Long Time, the first great novel I have read in the calendar year of 2022. And okay. I have to ask you, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for writing it. And I have to ask you, David, uh, for the great Matt Rydell, who works in our inventory department here at Quill Ridge Books, uh, a question that will make all the ret comp and lit crit professors cringe. Uh, but how much is the line between memoir and fiction blurred in this book the protagonist's name is david are you writing about yourself um i am so the line is obviously blurred and when i was writing the book the character was unnamed for the most of the time that i was writing um the scene in which he like gets a name came to me relatively later in the writing process and it f just felt right to do um Obviously, so I uh, aspects of my life have mirrored aspects of the protagonist's life or, or vice versa. Um, but I mean, it would be hard to overstate how much 
stuff I just straight up made up uh, for the book. And um, yeah, I don't know. I thought I remember reading an interview with Larry David one time uh, about Curb Your Enthusiasm. And he was saying that like the character Larry on Curb is like an exaggerated hyperbolic version of a part of himself you know what i mean um and so that was kind of how i was thinking about it like um i could invent the character but i don't think the character could invent me you know what i mean like i just felt like uh i don't know i was doing something with like an aspect of myself or with aspects of my life experiences or something um and yeah, it was actually, it was kind of cool to negotiate that and it was fun and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, David. Um, let's now talk about compartmentalization. Uh, you open your book with the narrator stating that you must learn to compartmentalize your life. Uh, what sort of mental gymnastics are going on here and why are they important? Um, yeah, I was struck with that idea um not only in terms of like compartmentalizing uh things you've done or things the character's done or things i've done like to separate them from other aspects of yourself but also to just uh in terms of so when i was growing up i had a drug problem and i went to a lot of facilities and and a lot of rehabs and uh stuff like that where they try to explain to you what's going on with you and all of the knowledge that i was getting from these places seemed like it was never expansive enough it was always like little compartments or factor like it always just felt a little too small and too um located in a little too located in just uh remote areas of your life it didn't feel totalizing to my whole person or something um and so i opened that there i mean the book follows this young man just trying to come to terms with who he is and what he's doing why he's doing what he's doing and and what it means to be in the world or whatever and i just felt like the whole book is him it's all too small and until the end where he starts to maybe see uh, beyond the compartments of, of his life or something. Right on. Thank you so much, David. Um, I now want to talk a little bit about the narration here. You flip back and forth between the first person and the second person in this book uh, very effectively, I must say. Why did you choose to write the book in this manner? Were there certain moments in the book that you specifically wanted in second person, for example? Yeah, and I think that goes along with what I was saying and, and the way in which this character's life is going, where there is a lot of, um, I think of it like vertical power dynamics of like people above you telling you who you are, what you're up to, what is going on with you. Um, and I thought the second person was very interesting in that way, in that like the character itself is talking to himself and talking to 
himself in, the, in almost the second person and there's multiple you know there's there's me the writer there's the character david and then there's the character david within his memories and there's just like a lot of schisming and compartmentalizing of um of the self that's going on in the book i think and so second felt it felt right when i was uh when i was writing it in those instances absolutely right on david thank you so much and we'll talk some more about some of that later but um for now a lot of this novel is about drugs and drug use and when you write about drugs you go into an immense amount of detail about what the drugs are and how they work the science of what is happening in your body as you ingest a drug how much research did you do for this novel and what type of research um so a lot of it came when i was a kid when i was I would go on arrow it it was like this drug forum website that druggy kids would go on and read about the stuff they're putting in their bodies and what to do to i don't know just kind of what it was happening within you when you took the drugs and and i think that plays into uh sort of what we were talking about with compartmentalization too where it's like there's there's a lot of different ways to look at drugs you can take uh and one of the ways to look at them is is medical is just like this is what's happening this is what's going in these are the receptors getting activated and such and such but also that level of description um it lacks something it doesn't seem to to totally describe what's going on um and i wanted to mess around with that and play around with that and um and especially for like so for a kid with uh an overactive brain and a overactive desire to get fucked up or messed up um that was like an that was a ready-made pile of information to wade into you know that you could that i could get interested in and i could uh read about and everything and um actually one of my closest friends who i got sober with he is now a psych psychiatry resident he went to medical school and all this stuff and and there were a number of times throughout the book in terms of research where i was on the phone with him and being like all right can you break this down for me like i'm reading a little bit about it i understand a little bit about it but i try and get a little bit deeper so i had a medical consult <laughs> for some of the book so that was pretty cool i got lucky knowing him and being friends with him yeah absolutely uh good for him thank you so much david uh, listeners we're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsor and then i will be right back with david sanchez the Book and Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, Quail Ridge Books. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. 
Listeners of Bookin can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter Bookin, B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'm back with David Sanchez, author of All Day is a Long Time. David, before the break, we talked a little bit about the science of drugs. Can you explain to us what happens to a person's body when they use crack or meth? Um, yeah, and I, I get in this in the book a little bit. And like, it's, from my understanding, it's like a flood of dopamine that then messes up the scale of regular dopamine, uh, regular dopamine experience. And so if you smoke crack, it like sets the, the pinnacle of what feels good a little too high or whatever. And then other things start to things that are supposed to in a well-regulated body feel good, don't feel very good anymore. And you really want the thing that feels really good. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, I just, this idea of like, of in your, in my formative years, having a drug problem and having sort of being confronted with all these ways of, of viewing it. And there's a medical explanation. There's a psychological explanation. Um, You know, some people believe this to be a, a response to, traumas or a response to uh environmental factors some people would have you believe it's simply like you you pushed the scale too high uh you know there are other spiritual ways of viewing drug addiction as certain uh spiritual lacks or selfishness or self-centeredness run amok in a life and um just kind of looking at all those competing uh perspectives on what it is and it just seemed like a really rich place to write fiction it seemed like it was ripe for um many interpretations and many understandings and and in the in the variety of them i thought maybe you could find there could be some truth there you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, David. Um, speaking of fiction, you say uh, that junkies like books, um, but not just any books. Moby Dick, Dante, Notes from the Underground, Invisible Man, Faulkner. Uh, is this true? Do junkies like books and not just books, but hyper literary books? I feel like Dante could be fodder for a bad trip. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, generalize and say they all that junkies all like to read or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I I have a moment in the book where I talk about um, the energy from these drugs, these uppers, like making your brain seek information to synthesize and and uh, and books were great place for me to do that where it was just a pile of words and information that I could get lost in you know what I mean um and I mean some people clean the house you know it's (laughs) they clean the house like crazy or they 
engage in other behaviors that they can just get immersed in or whatever. And that for me, it was reading and, and the denser, the better. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Just that wall of information to me, it was always, um, very appealing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, David. Um, David, the protagonist of the novel, is hyper-intellectual, not just via literature, as we just discussed, in science, as we have discussed with the drugs, but through artistic expression and even through high school wrestling, which he understands through geometry. Um, do you think a lot of hyper-intellectual kids with mediocre outlets for their intellectual talents are driven to drug use, and why or why not? Um, yeah, I would say probably. I I don't know that I could all my experience is anecdotal. Um, but yeah, it seems like, it seems like, uh, that drugs are an outlet to me and that, um, if things, maybe school is a little boring or you just are feeling that teenage angst and, and, uh, you're a little unsatisfied with the way things are. Like, I think drugs are natural, place for for teens to end up and i don't um i don't really want to moralize on it either and say it's some sort of anything bad i mean it's, it seems pretty natural the character in the book i would say it's an it's a normal function of growing up to to experiment with drugs and to uh i don't know enjoy different feelings but he he kind of he fucks up by uh, by going a little too hard too soon, you know? <laughs> Gets a little too fast. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk about that for a moment. Um, was David, the protagonist of the novel, sent down the road of drug addiction simply because he asked the wrong man to buy him alcohol? This man, of course took David to a trailer where he smoked crack and was molested uh, by the man and the lady who lived in the trailer. Was David's life path just a matter of asking the wrong man for a favor or was he heading in that direction anyway? Um, I would say he was heading in that direction anyway. And um, that scene, that that prologue to me, just like jump started the narrative of the book really and got everything going and bought. I thought it was a good way to, to buy the reader in or whatever and get the train moving, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I would say that the character was headed that way anyways. I, that, um, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Thank you so much. Um, I now want to talk to you about time soup. Uh, you write early on in the novel quote, I looked for my keys for 30 minutes, thinking I had to go to the warehouse by the airport to bag newspapers and run my route, only to remember that I didn't have a car and my newspaper job didn't start for another three years. What's going on with the timeline here, David? Yeah, it's the the book getting confused. Um, that feeling of like otherworldly confusion that can come in these, in these instances uh, of binge drug use or whatever, like just that feeling of 
time flattening and enlarging and just like moving around in, in strange ways. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, I want to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, finally, um, there's so much more to talk about here, David, by the way, and listeners, this novel, it's great. Uh, I mean, it has been compared to Dennis Johnson and Ocean Vong, um, on a more commercial level, it's kind of like a million little pieces if James Frey were a talented writer. Um, I can't wait for our listeners to read it and let me know what they think. Uh, and by the way, I should mention again that I was turned on to this book by one of my colleagues who I mentioned earlier, Matt Rydell, who read the arc and passed it on to me insisting that I read it. Um, but finally, I want to ask one more question about time, time loops which have had a moment in film and video games and TV series recently. Uh, there is a scene when David, the protagonist, is at a house of some acquaintances, uh, making out with a girl who might be the cousin of the owner of the house he is in. And he is stuck in a loop where every time he uses one of his hands, he remembers that his hand really hurts. And he pops up from his lady, takes out a baggie full of Xanax, and he eats a Xanax and asks her what time it is. And this moment happens over and over and over again. Uh, can you tell us what is going on here and why it is going on? Um, yeah, I mean, Xanax to, to dip into the medical jargon, like, I mean, it just obliterates your short term memory. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, I, that's one of the things that, uh, I mean, I think alcoholics and, xanax addicts get in the habit of repeating themselves on accident and that was something i had experienced in my life and um and it fit nicely in with the rest of the themes of the book in terms of um time repeating itself the character behaving the same way over and over again um this preoccupation with the sun setting and the sun rising and days uh, falling on top of each other and and what marks the passage of days and um, this was a nice little mark like a uh, micro instance of that in the young man's life who seems to be like in that moment he's getting up and taking a pill and forgetting um, and he's on a larger level he's been doing that for the past few years uh, you know Going, going to a facility, getting out, relapsing, getting arrested, getting out, relapsing, you know, just that monotony of it all. And that was something, because um, it, is, it is easy to, to romance drug use or to, um, to, it kind of has like a place of being culturally cool or something. And for me, my experience with uh, drug addiction was one of extreme monotony and extreme, even, even the, the dramatic moments had just a feeling of, of exhaustion with them. And it was just kind of endless repetition and yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, very effective scene, very effective book. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for writing it. I cannot wait for our readers to get a hold of it. It is certainly an early contender for the best of 2022. Listeners, 
I've been speaking with David Sanchez, author of All Day is a Long Time. David, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the kind words. Once again, I would like to thank David Sanchez for joining me. Copies of All Day is a Long Time can be ordered from www.quailridgebooks.com with free shipping. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Libro FM Audiobooks. Please navigate over to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN. That's B-O-O-K-I-N in the promo code space to get one free audiobook and support your favorite local independent bookstore in the process. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this has been Booking.